Welcome to The Good Good Life with Jan Jones. Together, we will journey through self-discovery and fulfillment in life. Here's your host, Jan Jones. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to the show. You are listening to The Good Good Life, and I am honored to be your host. My name is Jan Jones, and today we are talking about caring. Giving a care changes everything. But first, I want to know who out there is awake, alert, alive, enthusiastic. Oh, I know I am. And I am always just so happy and excited to be with you. And I'm also so grateful that you tune in and you spend this time with me. So there is something I want you to claim that you're going to do for me this week and that you're going to do for you and you're going to do this for others. And here's what it is. This week, I want you to say and to live this little statement. I am going to see the light in others and I am going to be the light for others. I am going to see the light in others and I am going to be the light for others. Because, you know, we're talking about this topic of caring. And I want everyone to just take a moment. And I want you to close your eyes if you can. Now, if you're working or if you're driving, please do not close your eyes. But in your mind's eye, um, I want you to just envision what the world looks like when we all truly care about each other. Someone might notice that you have three items in your hand at the grocery store line, and they let you go ahead of them because their cart is really full. Someone may hold the elevator door open for you, or perhaps they wait a few seconds for you as you approach a building and your hands are full, so they wait and they hold that door for you. Maybe a car stopped so you could cross the street. A company had actual people that answer the customer service line, and they stay with you to resolve your issue. Other drivers drive safely, waiting their turn, not Speeding and bobbing in and out of different lanes, putting you and everyone on the road at risk for a fatal car accident. They don't do that. They drive safely. Every person in your company realizes their role affects your role and vice versa. And you all connect to the bigger picture of the organization. So you work with integrity and ownership. Neighbors actually know each other and they check in and they share their joys and their sorrows together as a community. Families figure out a way to love and support one another. Friends are not jealous, but they're excited when good things happen to you and you are for them as well. After time has passed from a tough season, people are still lifting you up in prayer and checking in on you. Open your eyes. Wow, what a world that is. And that was just a few things that came to my heart when I was thinking about living in a world where people really care. And today, I really want to talk about how we can have that world. We can get back to caring. We can put the kind back in humankind. But you know, often in the world today, you may be experiencing a different 
situation. And you may be hearing or even thinking things like this. Well, that doesn't concern me. Oh, I would rather not get involved. Why should I care? I don't know them. Why are you telling me this? I'll do whatever it takes to get ahead. I don't give a crap. And there are other ways you could say that. You know, in a world that seems to be more and more me-centric, the question arises often, why should I care if no one else seems to care? I mean, perhaps you feel a little overwhelmed with the bombardment of negative news in the world, or you've come to believe that your success can only happen at someone else's failure. Maybe you're just too busy to notice, but the decline in genuine care and concern is quite noticeable. Have you noticed it? Do you feel it? Do you find yourself saying more and more that people just don't care? So why should you care? If you feel that people don't care anymore, then why should you? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Because don't you want people to care about you? And if this is something you want, don't you think others want the same thing? We should care because ultimately caring is what fosters connections with others. It drives positive change and caring creates a better world for all of us. So let's touch on a few reasons why we are seeing a decline in people actually genuinely caring about other people. So there's a few reasons I'm going to go over. I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but I'm, I'm going to go over four. And as I'm going over these reasons why we are seeing quite the decline in true care, I want you to really have some self-reflection. And I want you to think maybe you're falling under one or all of these categories. So one reason that we are seeing a decline is the rise of individuality. So one significant factor contributing to this decline in caring behavior is the rise of individuality. Now, don't let this uh, mislead you because being our individual selves and really tapping into our potential through our God-given talents and strengths, this is truly a big purpose of all of us. But in recent years, there's been an increasing focus on personal success and achievement at the expense of community well-being. So that's what I mean by that rise of individuality. So with the arrival of social media and the constant pressure to present a perfect life online, people have become more self-centered, prioritizing their own needs and desires over those of others. And in addition, Societal values promoting competition and materialism have really further fueled this trend in a world that glorifies wealth and status. People may be more inclined to prioritize their own success rather than investing time and energy into caring for others. And so this is one of the reasons why we're seeing a decline in care. Now, that leads me to the second reason, and that's the impact of technology. So the widespread use of technology, social media platforms, gaming, all these things has undoubtedly played a role in the decline of caring behavior. While technology has made communication a lot more accessible and very efficient. It has also created a sense of detachment. 
People can now interact without the need for a face-to-face conversation, leading to a big loss of genuine human connection. And we need that human connection. So additionally, the constant exposure to all of this carefully curated online personas can create feelings of inadequacy and insecurity. When people are focused on self-presentation and comparison, it becomes challenging to genuinely care about others' well-being. And you all know that I have touched on and talked about this comparison living and how it is really having a negative impact on all of us. So while technology is great, we really need to be careful that it doesn't cause us to be so self-absorbed that we aren't really looking and noticing opportunities for human connection. So there's a third reason for this decline in caring. And don't worry, you all know that I'm going to turn this frown upside down because there are ways that we can create this wonderful, caring world that we really all deeply desire. But I think it's important for us to really face the facts of what we're noticing and what is happening. So that third reason is a little bit of an erosion of empathy. You know, that um, that empathy fatigue. Empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another person. And it is an essential component of caring. However, studies have shown a decline in empathy levels among this modern society we live in now. And there are several factors that contribute to this erosion of empathy. And I've already shared some of them. First, the overstimulation caused by this information age has desensitized people to the suffering of others. With constant exposure to distressing news stories and images, people may become numb or indifferent to the pain experienced by other people. So this overstimulation can desensitize us to have empathy. And secondly, the emphasis on personal success and achievement. As I just mentioned, this can hinder empathetic responses. When people are really only focused on their own goals, they may struggle to relate to the struggles of others. And lastly, what is causing an erosion of empathy is face-to-face interactions are missing, resulting from some of that technology usage. And this limits opportunities for practicing empathy. Without regular, real-life interactions, people may find it harder to develop their empathy and to maintain their empathy because we can. We can increase our empathy. And then this last reason that we might be seeing a decline in care is the fear of vulnerability. So this is another surprising reason that is really causing a decline in caring behavior, and it's the fear of vulnerability. In today's society, there is often a pressure to appear strong and in vulnerable and, you know, all of those picture-perfect lives that we are painting out there on social media, expressing care and concern for others requires opening ourselves up to potential rejection or emotional pain. And also, there's kind of a flip side of that, the fear of being taken advantage of are being seen as weak can discourage people from showing genuine care. This fear can stem from a lot of things, but maybe it's from a past experience or a societal or cultural expectation that prioritizes self-preservation over community well-being. So those are kind of some big buckets, big areas that um, I was reading about when I was thinking about how can we create a more caring world? Because I think 
we have discussions about this, like in my family, with my friends, and it really got me thinking. And I wanted to talk about it on today's show, but I also wanted to see why. Why are we seeing a decline in care? So I started thinking about that word care, because we really should never cast people aside. We shouldn't toss them out almost like we toss out garbage. We should never, ever do that. And so care is such a simple four-letter word, but there's so much power in it. And I came up with an acronym so to help us create this more caring world. And it is care. The C is for compassion. A is for accountability. R is for respect. And E is for empathy. So we're going to go through care and this little acronym that I came up with, compassion, accountability, respect, and empathy. All right. Are y'all ready? Yes, I hear you. You're ready. You're with me. You're excited to care. I'm not going to do a cheer, but I kind of feel like it. Um, give me a C. Give me an A. Give me an R. Give me an E. Okay. I just had to do it. Here we go. Let's talk about this C that is standing for compassion. So I've got a question for you. I'm always asking you all questions. I hope you're really contemplating the answers to this and really envisioning that world that I described earlier with just those few little small acts that make such a huge difference. But here's my question at this moment. Are you gracious or are you grumpy? Yeah, well, uh, you know, grumpy from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, grumpy dwarf. We don't want to be grumpy. Gracious actually means to be compassionate, merciful, and gentle. So we're talking about compassion here in the word care. So let's just really think about what compassion is. Compassion is this deep awareness of the suffering of another person, and it's coupled with a desire to relieve it. Compassion moves us to do something for someone else who is having a problem. It's not just feeling sorry for them. And I will tell you, we are called by God, to be tender-hearted, not hard-hearted. So think about it. Which one have you been demonstrating more lately? Someone with a tender heart or someone with a hard heart? So I want to tell you a few things that compassion is not. It is not abstract. It is something that is very specific for each person. Compassion is something that you do, but sympathy is something that you feel. And we're talking about showing more care to people in the world. So it's not abstract. It's very specific. And that's why we have to notice, like I said earlier, notice when someone's hands are full and hold the door for them. Notice if someone is scurrying to the elevator. Notice when, you know, there are people that are just bobbing and weaving in traffic and do what you can to care and be safe and, you know, not join in, not try to prove to them that you're not going to let them over, right? let them over. But it's not abstract. Compassion is very specific. Compassion is not afraid. I said this earlier, but it moves us to be bold. It's, it's a moving deep within you. You just act because you are stirred to do so. Biblically, the New Testament Greek lexicon says that compassion means to be moved as to one's bowel. 
So think about that. Move to one's bowel. And the bowels back then were thought to be the seat of love and pity. So compassion is really like a kick in the gut, right? It's not afraid. You're stirred and you act. And then compassion is not analytical. It doesn't weigh the cost first. It just simply responds to human suffering with loving kindness. Compassion responds to human suffering with loving kindness. Yet, we often turn away from seeing it. Maybe if we start looking and we see it, then we will be moved to show more compassion. All right, so there is our C with compassion in our CARE acronym. Now I'm moving to a word that some people really think is a negative word, and this is accountability. Now, I want you to truly, if you have a negative perspective or a negative paradigm about accountability, I want to see if you can shift it a little because accountability is a good thing. I mean, look, I'm I'm not gonna uh I'm not gonna get on any kind of a soapbox here, but if you just watch the news and you just you know, listen to what's going on and the corruption in the world and the 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 just the um the vignette, the vendettas against people, the bitterness, and there's just a lot that's being done that should not be taking place. And the reason is because there seems to be no accountability. It, it feels like some people just think they are untouchable. And, you know, maybe they are for a time, but it usually does come back. Often what is done in the dark comes out in the light. But, you know, we may not see it, but it does. People need to be accountable and we need to be held accountable. So let me just tell you a little story. I want to tell you a little story about four people named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. All right, so sit back and relax and listen to my little story as we talk about accountability. There was an important job to be done, and everybody was asked to do it. Everybody was sure somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. <gasps> boom, boom. Yep, I'm here all week, folks. Okay. <laughs> I love this story. I just think this is hilarious, but very true. This is an example of when there is no accountability and it just kills progress and it can destroy relationships. And there's just a, a huge negative ripple effect when there's no accountability. And if we care about people and if someone cares about us, there's a lot of love in accountability. Think about accountability like this. It is someone holding you close. And don't we all want to be held closely sometimes, and things can get out of control when there is no accountability. Now, I just briefly want to touch on the difference in responsibility versus accountability. Responsibility is taking ownership of activities, where accountability is taking ownership of the results. 
So someone who completes the tasks that are listed in their job description, they are a very responsible person. But a person who clearly understands what needs to be accomplished through those tasks and definitely will do what it takes to get the right results And sometimes that can be difficult to do what it takes to get the right results. You may have to have some uncomfortable conversation, right? But that person is accountable. So there's a little bit of difference there. Actually, it's a pretty big difference. So when we are accountable, we are showing that we care. But I'm going to tell you, people are either perpetuating a cycle of blame or they are providing an example of accountability that others will want to aspire to copy. So low accountability in any setting is very contagious because we're blaming. And what does blame do? Blame breeds more blame. When things go wrong, most people feel the need to do what? Yes, you're right. They feel the need to defend themselves and they deflect blame elsewhere. And what's the natural reaction when someone feels blamed? They become defensive and they blame someone or something else. So you see what I mean about how blame really breeds more blame? But I want you all to really let what I'm about to say wash over you. Blame gives away your power. Yeah, when you blame your problems on circumstances or other people, you're actually giving the power to overcome those problems to those that you're blaming. So you're giving your power away. We do not want to blame. We want a world of caring, and that includes accountability. We need truth, and that can really be tough. But the only way it's going to work is if it's from a place of love. We should love our fellow man enough to tell them the truth. And we should also be able to hear the truth because this truth in love is truly the purest way to connect with people. And this is a way that we show care. In Galatians 6, 1, it reads, brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently, but watch yourself or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. We all need truth. Um, I want to read a quote that Ray Dalio He's the founder and CEO of the world's largest hedge fund firm, and they have a huge culture of accountability. And what he said about truth, truth, one principle to guide them all, one principle to set us free, one principle to find one another, one principle to bring us together into the light of being. Truth, more precisely, an accurate understanding of reality is the essential foundation for producing good outcomes. Mm. I love that. It's the principle to guide them all, and it's the principle that brings us together into the light of being. So we are talking about 
care and having a more caring world. And it's going to start with us. So I'm going over this acronym. I think this is a really good place to take a very short break as you think about the C for compassion, the A for accountability. So we've got R and E. We're going to talk about respect and empathy when we come back after this very short break. So don't go anywhere. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you ready to ignite your passion and purpose for life? Make sure you join Jan Jones each week for the Good Good Life podcast. Each week, Jan will share her expertise and insights into personal development as well as spiritual growth discoveries. From the challenges in the valleys to the victories on the mountaintops, Jan has persevered through all of them with unwavering faith and joy. Life is full of possibilities, and Jan wants to walk with you as you discover those possibilities and unleash your full potential. Rekindle the spark inside of you and rejoice in the good, good life with Jan Jones, where we will all love living and live loving. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to The Good Good Life with Jan Jones. If you have a question or want to share your story with Jan or her guests, feel free to join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show with Jan. Hello and welcome back. We are talking about giving a care changes everything. So we're going through this little acronym of care. We've talked about compassion and accountability. Now I want to touch on respect. Yes, everyone. I just talked about how the only way we can really have an amazing view of accountability is through the lens of love. And Love always has a place. In fact, we've got to make a place for love. We we need to show love. And yes, I mean love in the world, love in our relationships, love in the workplace. And we all know that there are all kinds of different types of love. Mm, that might be a good topic for a show. Anyway, um, let's talk about respect. And the reason I'm talking about love right now is I want to remind you all what 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Nothing of great value comes easily. And, you know, I think, I think we can all relate to that statement that, you know, the, if it, (laughs) there are really some things that are worth fighting for. And it's usually something that's really, really important. So nothing of great value comes easily. To preserve our relationships, we must often pass through many difficulties and hardships. And God gives us the gift of love to see us through. To respect people, we need to believe the best about them. With the love that we have in us and from God to us, we can respect the dignity that others deserve. 
Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This is showing respect. And I'm going to tell you something that might be hard to hear, but it's a choice. And I wonder what choice you are making. What choice am I making when I think about the respect part of creating a caring world? Are we demanding of others? Do we consider if our actions can hurt others? Are we villainizing people before we truly understand them? So I've got a few uh, things I want to share. It's kind of a a don't-do list on how we can show more respect. All right, so I've got eight don't-dos, okay? And you'll understand what I mean. So here is the first don't-do way that we can show respect. Number one, don't attack. Do teach. Number two, don't take sides, but do mediate. Number three, Don't blame, but do solve. Number four, don't close doors, open doors. Number five, don't argue, do negotiate. Number six, don't avoid, do communicate. Number seven, don't deny, do apologize. And number eight, don't be arrogant, do be humble. We need to assume that everyone is smart about something. Albert Einstein said, Everyone is a genius, but if you judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life feeling stupid. Isn't that powerful? So there's a lot of great tips that hopefully you can begin to practice to show more respect. Those eight things. Don't attack, teach. Number two, don't take sides, mediate. Number three, don't blame, solve. Number four, and remember, we just talked about blame breeds blame. Number four, don't close doors, open doors. Number five, don't argue, negotiate. Six, don't avoid, communicate. Seven, don't deny, apologize. And eight, don't be arrogant, be humble. And that's why I love that quote by Albert Einstein. We don't want to make people feel stupid. You know, we want to assume that everyone is smart at something. And you all know I'm all about really uh, understanding and learning more about your individual strengths, the talents that are instinctive to you, and, you know, really being intentional with those and reaching your full potential because you are amazing. You are smart and you are necessary. All right, we are moving right along with this whole idea of care. Giving a care changes everything. You know how people say, I don't give a crap. That's not what we're doing. We are giving a care. And so we've talked about compassion, accountability, and respect. And now I want to touch on empathy. You know, I shared before the break that this erosion of empathy in our world is really causing a decline in caring. And I want you to think about what empathy is. 
I shared it once, but I'm going to share it again and maybe in some, some different ways. But empathy is really thinking about and noticing the condition of others. Let that wash over you for just a minute. Empathy is thinking about the condition of others. It's the ability to put ourselves in someone else's shoes. Though the walk may not be easy, taking it and feeling the pain that they face brings both understanding and compassion. How many of you have had people that have truly walked alongside you during a very difficult time, a difficult season, a difficult journey? I hope you all have experienced that. Now, flip that around. Have you done that for someone else? That is not an easy walk. And feeling the pain that other people feel, it can stir things up in you, but it brings compassion to this world. It's hard, but guess what? As my friend Edie Hand says all the time, and I've kind of taken it on as, as one of my sayings too, we can do hard things. And it's very real, this empathy fatigue, compassion fatigue. I am not dismissing the fact that this happens, and this happens to all of us. And we already touched on why this happens, this constant exposure to negative news or, you know, maybe your own traumatic events. And these things, all of that exposure to technology and trying to present a perfect life and being driven by wealth and status and just uh, letting this world drag us down a little, these violent, violent games. Oh my goodness. They're, it's all desensitizing us. And it leads to guess what? Emotional exhaustion. And it makes it difficult to muster empathy up for anyone else or to care what other people are going through. We are emotionally exhausted sometimes, but I just said it. We can turn that around and we can do hard things and we can set limits on our exposure to this negative stuff. We can get help and seek other people other people's empathy for our own traumatic events. So let's talk a little bit about the difference in sympathy and empathy, because sympathy is very appreciated, but empathy goes further and deeper. It forms a tight bond that wraps around and holds us safe, bringing hope and the promise that we are not alone. We have all come across people that we feel sorry for. You know, the, the homeless people that we see, that mom that forgot her credit card and she's already got all of her stuff that's been checked out at the grocery store. I mean, there's so many things that we see probably on a daily basis and we have a lot of sympathy and we feel sorry for them. And, you know, in the right situation, sympathy really does come easily. Even with our loved ones, pity is, you know, it's, it's really nothing more than just a wave that comes over us and it kind of washes away as quick as it came. But to feel and become completely absorbed in another person's emotional state is so much more meaningful. And that's what empathy is. Empathy is really true understanding. I'll tell you, I, I read somewhere um, that empathy has no script. There is no right way or wrong way to do it. 
It's simply listening, holding space, withholding judgment, emotionally connecting, and communicating that incredibly healing message of you're not alone. And that, my friends, is kind of that that big finale to this CARE acronym that I thought of. Empathy really is like the exclamation point that's going to drive caring to the next level. So just to recap this acronym, CARE stands for Compassion, Accountability, Respect, and Empathy. So I've got another question for you. Where are you going to start? Where are you going to start right now after this podcast? And you know that vision of this caring world that I asked you all to think of at the opening of our time together? What is your vision right now? What is the impact you know you're going to have when you pick one of these areas to really focus on, practice, grow in? We can all grow in these areas of compassion, accountability, respect, and empathy. What's that vision? How are you going to go out and change the world by caring a little more? You know, we have got to lead by example. We need to be the ones to start the movement. We need to exhibit this caring behavior in our daily life. Because this is what is going to inspire others to do the same. Caring behavior has the power to create a ripple effect. And this is exactly the type of ripple effect that we want, that we need, that we should be striving for when one person demonstrates care towards another, it could inspire that person to do the same for someone else. And, you know, all of these small acts of care and kindness, they have the potential to transform entire communities. And these communities go to cities, these cities go to states, and then to different countries, and then to the world. It is essential. Everyone really listen up. It is essential to remember that change begins on an individual level. One person One person, I mean, every change that has ever taken place, it started with one person coming up with some idea and then sharing that and talking about that and planning for that. And before you know it, you've got incredible medical advancements that have changed lives If you are a regular listener, you know I'm a double organ transplant recipient. And one person, however long ago, came up with this crazy idea of, hey, I wonder when someone's time on this earth is over, if we could use those viable organs to save multiple lives of people that are still fighting for their life. One person. And I am here today because of that one person and then all of the hundreds of thousands, I don't know, maybe millions of people between then and now that worked on saving my life and the donors and the families. Okay, I'm not going to go into all that, but that is one example of how change really does start at an individual, one person at a time level. By making this choice, to care, 
we can make a difference in the lives of others. And we can inspire a shift towards a more caring world. Don't you want that? Oh, I do. This is where I'm going to, I am going to do a cheer. In fact, at the break, Jim came in. He's like, you should have done a cheer. We need to cheer for care. We need to be this enthusiastic about it. We need to want it so bad that it's not about practicing it until we get it right. We practice it until we cannot get it wrong. This is what we need to do. We need to have compassion and accountability and respect and empathy. And we need to do it every day. I mean, there are opportunities all around us. So use your voice for kindness, your ears for compassion, your hands for charity, your mind for truth and your heart for love. Life is the first gift. Love is the second, and understanding is the third. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much for caring enough to join me on today's show. I care for you and about you, and I am grateful for you. And until we are together again, enjoying this good, good life, I hope you love living and live loving and spread that care to everyone that you come in contact with. Thank you so much. I'll be with you again soon. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Good Good Life with Jan Jones. We hope today was meaningful for your personal journey. We'll be back next week. Until then, continue to love living and live loving.